0: Our guest today, Chantelle Whiten, is one of the most experienced career-related program educators in the entire IB network. She started with the career program during the trial period before it was even an official part of the IB. She now works for the IB in their global office in The Hague as a senior curriculum manager for the CP. So it is particularly gratifying for her and for us to see how the CP has become the fastest growing part of the IB and how it is transforming schools and the lives of students. The career related program provides a very customizable form of IB education and looks different in almost every school as local communities bring their own strengths to the program. Please listen as Chantelle describes how the program works why the CP core is critical to the philosophy of the program, and how schools across the globe implement the career-related aspects differently. Welcome to IB Matters, a podcast for those who currently teach, lead, attend, or are interested in international baccalaureate IB Schools. Uh, hi, this is John Peterson with IB Matters, and I'm here with Chantelle Whiten, and she works in The Hague as part of the IB's um, office located there. And hello, Chantelle. Hi. And so why don't you tell us, our listeners, what it is you do there in The Hague, and, and uh, then we'll get into kind of the reason for our conversation today.
1: John, thank you for inviting me. And what a great initiative uh, to be involved in collecting IB voices from around the world. I think it's such an important thing and I'm really pleased to be part of this podcast. Um, My role is I'm a senior curriculum manager Uh, For the new kid on the block, which is the career related program. As you said, I'm based in The Hague, but obviously this isn't a Dutch accent. I've (laughs) been in the role for the last year. Um, And I came from the UK prior to that from a CP school.
0: Great. And so um, did you work? How long did you work in a CP school?
1: Um, I was involved in piloting of the CP. So I was there for four years before I came over to the Hague. I think there's an element of contagion. Once you get into the CP, you think, wow, this is revolutionary. I really I really want to stick with it.
0: What did you do in those CP schools that you worked in?
1: Um, so like I said, I was involved in the piloting. The CP was introduced to us as something that would be a new offer from the IB. Um, and it was actually in sort of its infancy with a few framework Uh, things put in but there was a lot of creativity and design involved and I think that's a key thing about the IB is that all the programs are grassroots and everything involves collaboration from the school level, the student perspective Mm -hmm. as well. So I was really excited in that context to sort of take on the challenge of what could we have potentially in the future and the purpose of the career-related program historically has been about marrying those um, academic and vocational or career related um, areas of study now we all know that you know uh, the world's not as binary as that academic always has an application to it and career related always has academic components to it as well Um, but I think the true gift of CP is the flexibility it offers schools we often say that schools can bespoke you know, like tailor the program to their students' needs or Mm -hmm. to what the school specialism is as well. So wherever I've traveled in the world, I've just seen so many wonderful permutations of the program that make you feel very inspired about what education can be.
0: Right. And I think that is, like I said earlier, I think that's one of the exciting things about the career-related program is that the flexibility it offers. So when I travel around Minnesota, Um, I see small communities, and I say small, I mean like five to 15,000 people in a city, and they have a major, they often have a major industry or farming uh, related industry in town that wants students prepared to work there. And uh, the career related program can often be custom fit to the local needs uh, where the jobs are located or just where the interest is um, in that community. And then it helps uh, students stay in town, it helps students stay in the area, and find real futures for themselves because they've had an experience um, working in that industry or in that technical field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we find as the IB, you know, our history 50 years ago was about international mobile students, but actually we're looking at a significant increase in, you know, state school students who want to stay in their local Mm -hmm. areas. We're not talking about brain drain um, and people necessarily having to go further afield. And isn't it great that the, the career related, um, program enables students to go to higher education if that's what they want go directly into work Um, you know some of my best and brightest students they went yeah I could go to university but that's plan b I'd rather be paid to train and they really have a a belief in the qualifications that industry is offering out there and like you said I think it makes it the most international of our programs because we really value local qualifications
0: Let me just, uh, let's back up a little bit and just explain to the listeners what exactly is the career-related program, and for those that know a little bit about IB, how is it different from the diploma program?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, So the career-related program is an opportunity to create a hybrid model, I guess you'd say, of the diploma program. The um, schools pick two diploma subjects, and then they can pull them together with local, national, or even virtual career-related qualifications from around the world. Um, And that combines with a unique CP core. So there's a DP core and there's a CP core. And the whole point Mm -hmm. of the CP core is to foster professionalism, um, personal skill development, the attitudes for global competence that the IB is known for, um, and also just having unique things like ethical inquiry projects, service learning, um, and language development as well, which is critical to our mission. Basically, no two programs of the CP that I've seen look the same because it really is highly flexible.
0: And I think one of the, the the things that we've noticed also, and the reason why I think it'd be a great fit in rural schools, it's a great fit in larger urban schools where we see many of our programs in Minnesota, but uh, oftentimes a a smaller school may not be able to support, especially a, a state school or public school, as we call them, um, may not be able to support, uh, say, a full slate of six, you know, six. Uh, subject areas Mm -hmm. with courses in all those areas. But often, like my, I started my career in a school that graduated 55 students in a small rural public school. And I think the CP would have been a great fit in a school like that because we could have offered, say, the physics or a business class Uh, that might only have eight or nine kids in it because of the size of the school. But it's not, I can't offer two physics classes, you know, one for one regular class and one IB class. So uh, student you know schools can tailor say, hey, we're going to do something uh, related to the local business. We'll offer a business course, we'll offer a math course in IB, we'll offer a language development course, and they're often running when they can connect with their local, Technical field.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one of the challenges actually during the uh, feasibility phase of, you know, uh, a school considering whether they'd introduce a program. And I've experienced this firsthand is funding and scheduling. Uh, they're all direct considerations. But I think the mm-hmm. CP encourages that change of mindset to sort of ask schools to think outside the box and be brave about what they're actually naturally good at. Um, and in that way, CP becomes quite contagious. It's a framework that gives you permissions. But then, you know, the more experienced a school gets, the more it can diversify what it wants to offer as well. And like you said, it's all about those local networks all the way up to the global network. No reach is impossible. Um, And I think it really gives students and schools an edge and and a, a difference. It sets them apart from Just in the same way DP once set schools apart from, you know, offering these sorts of things. We're finding that CP schools often consider the CP an honours or a magnet program in and of itself. But like you said, it's a permutation um, and it is something that can fit quite easily into schools with smaller numbers. Why
0: don't you explain or, or give us a couple of examples of some of the interesting or diverse CTE career technical education options that you've seen around the world?
1: Yeah, I think that's such a a good question because you'd be surprised that actually there's a lot more common ground in terms of career-related learning than you'd think. I think the tide's turned recently um, with more government funding going towards career and technical learning. So once it was, you know, the Scandinavian countries who sort of led on that, but um, in the previous decade we've had European qualification reform, the Perkins funding obviously in the US, uh, the T levels which are coming into place, technical levels in the UK. And just last week New Zealand announced that they're reforming their vocational education sector as well. So I think it's reassuring to know that the IB is ahead of the curve because we've been championing championing CTEs for such a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like you said, I've got the great opportunity in the role that I play to actually visit lots of CP schools and see what students are taking. And from a global perspective, we've got students with engineering courses, you know, who do part of those courses on a university campus or students who do shadow curation because they're studying arts and they're engaged with world-famous galleries um, mm-hmm. to have a ta- have, have a taster of what that career genuinely looks like, not just a textbook version of it. Um, I think if you're as old as me, um, and you're more traditional, I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> you're more traditional in your outlook um, or discipline-focused. CP is a really new experience of education, um, and it's so eye-opening. I remember going into a school in the states and seeing students doing CPR with automatic defibrillators, but they're getting certificates for that. So hmm. you know, that's about the that's what the CP is all about. Asking that really vital question: What should students be learning, and when should they be learning it? Um, you know, I, I'm, I have an eight-year-old who hopefully one day will be a CP student. And mm-hmm. for me, I encourage her to have choice and voice already in the schooling that she's doing. And I want that to continue. I don't want um, old paradigms of education to be in place, hopefully, uh, for when she becomes a post-16 learner.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the funding that you mentioned earlier in, in the in, the, in the state side here and in Minnesota in particular, we also have a movement. In, in fact, in, you know, I'm old enough that I'm actually a retired educator.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so when I um, think back to my high school that I spent 30 years in, towards the end of my career, they were removing all the rooms that had career technical education in them and turning them into other spaces. Um, there's only a couple of, you know, we used to call them shop classes. And that was our view of tech tech ed is that you were in wood shop metal shop or machine shop or you know auto mechanics and there's so many other variations now and we're starting to see cp schools restore some of those spaces with exciting you know the the new versions of some of these things like for example one of our schools in the twin cities has robotics and it's been very popular and brings in you usually 20 to 30 kids uh, just in that program alone because yeah. of the cte
1: And I think students really uh, can relate to those contemporary titles. I mean, again, historically, you and I believed that English, math, science, if you take that, that's a robust background to what you might need to do in the future. And we believed that. Um, I found just before I left schools uh, that young people were prepared to question that. And not just because, oh, I don't fancy doing that class. But as you said, there's so many other things, whether it's robotics, sustainability, hospitality and tourism, so many other Mm -hmm. things that have kudos and definitely you know strong career pathways coming from them and young people really want to explore that and i don't want schools to limit um based on you know traditional disciplines what young people can do in the future
0: mm-hmm. i also remember the fact that when when i first heard about the cp in fact we had two pilot schools here in the twin cities as well that were part of that so i've watched it kind of evolve from around 2010 2011 somewhere in there they um when i first heard about it I, I i kind of likened it to and i was incorrect as i look back on it but i likened it to the idea that you know in german schools or uh, other european schools students would be kind of divided at around 14 and say okay you're going off into tech and the other people are going off into college tracks and that is in fact not at all how it how it works nor is it how it turned out for our local schools we are finding that schools that graduate uh, a number of of uh, career-related graduates are finding the top students in their school are often choosing that route. And what what I've come to say is that this is a program that truly makes students college and career ready. It's not just a saying because when you look at the top kids who come out of the career related program, they've taken those top diploma courses. They're, they're significantly engaged in, in that kind of deep critical thinking, but then that critical thinking as a practical side, when they turn it over to the, to the core of the CP and to the, um, the, the CTE that they engage in
1: absolutely and we've got complementary research on the IIB front because of course you know we want to know where our students are going to the success of the program isn't the grades that they leave with but it's what they go on to do and the sustainable, right factors so we have complementary research from early graduates so a few hundred students uh, to find out what they were doing following the CP and actually the results are uh, mind-blowing they have a better than average retention rate at two and four-year universities they're more likely to go on and study master's and doctoral programs as well and I think that's kind of a surprise um, when people hear the moniker of CTE or right. CP um, there's there's that there can be a limitation in expectation but actually uh, the the facts prove that the young people are going on with a very clear, determined mindset. And they're probably not like me, who I went to university and changed majors four times because I just didn't know what my strengths were.
0: Sure. So can we um, change gears a little bit and talk mm-hmm. about the core? I know you know IB is very strong with the continuum. That is, there are a continuum of skills and and aptitudes and and attitudes that students have going through the continuum if they're fortunate enough to have a a K-12, pre-K-12 experience, but even if they come in just for the high school experience, specifically the career program, what are the the aspects of the core that connect with what IB is about? Uh, You mentioned a few of those before about the language development and things, but uh, maybe talk specifically about the core itself, if you would.
1: Yeah. I mean, my role in, as a curriculum manager in the learning and teaching division is to work collaboratively across all four programs so we're definitely making sure there's a developmental continuity you know, given like the NYP's interdisciplinarity that continues on in the CP. So the subjects aren't compartmentalised, but it's a framework that acknowledges that the transference between subjects is really valuable. And that's where the, the crux of student learning is occurring. The last piece is the language development um, piece, which people often think, oh, is that just put in because it's IB and it's got an international aspect? So for example, in the language development course, students can take sign language, um, because it's not about, you know you must learn a certain amount or you must acquire a certain amount of vocabulary it's about the functionality of language and that really makes students critical thinkers as well because of course language is is a place of um, of challenge language is about identity and language is about ownership and power in society so it's that real critical thinking piece in the in the career-related program, um, so for example, we have action in PYP with service and an action in MYP, and then service learning. In CP, So there's definitely a thought to planning if students were staying within the programs. But equally, a lot of CP schools are what we call standalone schools. So that's the only program being offered in the school that's IB. And it works, you know, marvellously there. In fact, so well, the core has been received that you often go to schools who are like, oh, um, we're offering the personal and professional skills course um, to the remainder of our senior school students because Mm -hmm. we really like what it does and how it makes. Yeah. them think yep. so the intention of the core in the CPs. It truly is the core. It drives everything else. It's not just additional things that you add to round out the program. Uh, the personal and professional skills inspire and connect in the DP academic subjects with the career-related piece and it gives an opportunity for students to voice their own ideas and explore things that aren't necessarily, there's not necessarily time in shop or time at the university that you might be studying at or time in a classroom. Where well, you're also maybe with DP students as well. So, um, you know, the core has got a lot of intentional student agency built into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same with the service learning piece. Obviously, in the DP CAS, there's service, but service learning, I guess, is more specific in the career related program. It's really about building that business acumen, the ability to work collaboratively, think empathetically, such, you know, future important skills as well. Um, and the other interesting one, I guess, is the reflective project. And people often draw parallels between that and the extended essay. Right. What I see is the, the strength of the reflective project is it's based on an ethical inquiry. And that just really speaks to the IB mission perfectly, that the students are truly applying their skills truly thinking of something they're interested in and able to manage that project themselves so you can kind of see these are the skills that universities want and in fact when students when i speak to students they say actually the reflective project was the best bit because before you know in school whether they were doing high school programs or you know even something in the ib i didn't necessarily have the permission to pick a project that i was really interested in and you know give my own personal voice to it so it's really great to see that students aren't just doing it for a grade or a certification, they're finding their own personal voice and ideas through the project.
0: So let me just back up one of my, you mentioned, you even said to yourself it's one of your favorite bits of the, the program is the reflective project. The, the fact that it uses the term, you know, an ethical inquiry um, to me, it's one of the most, important parts of this is the idea that a student and I often use the same example with folks when I talk about CP, but that's, you know, the student is in a a career path and looking at uh, HVAC, HVAC, which, you know, is heating, air conditioning, all that type of thing and you think about where is that career going to be in 20 years or where is it even going to be in 5 years with how quickly things are moving towards solar and wind and alternative energy and so building homes and 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 refitting homes that can take advantage of those kind of things that is a clear pathway for a student to look at an ethical issue related to a practical you know get your hands dirty kind of kind of job that actually uh, folks are thinking ahead about how this will change lives and and uh, lifestyles
1: I mean, it's an often quoted statistic that, you know, we're educating students for jobs that don't exist yet. Um, and that's what you get to see with the vibrancy of the CP students. They get a lot of path for that exploration. It's not this idea of the sage on a stage teacher who has all the answers. It's truly the teachers and the school facilitating the journeys that students want to take. So they take very individual pathways. They have the opportunity to add specific certificates that are relevant to them. And like you said, go into depth in that reflective project in a way that they can envisage their career developing. So students become really versed with you know they come in thinking oh I'm going to be a sports psychologist and then that you know that really opens up into actually what areas of psychology am I interested in is it something you know to do with neuro, neuro neuropathology is it something to do with um you know physical training and stamina and the you know the psychology of being an athlete Or, you know, can those skills transfer into a completely different industry, which still involves coaching as well? And I think Mm. the Reflective Project gives them that opportunity to explore who they are and how they react to those ethical issues. And that's why we call it a reflective project. It's the reflexivity where students are actually able to find their personal voice that we mark and we value.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And I think when you think about the fact that statement you said, which we hear often, is that... uh kids are being prepared for jobs which don't exist well the reason they don't exist is cuz the same kids we're teaching right now are the ones that invent them so giving Absolutely. them a, giving them a chance to explore their ideas means that we're kind of helping them guide guide them to a, a like you said they have permission to think about things that that uh, are interesting to them which may lead down all kinds of different paths
1: Yeah. And look, for me, it's all about the students. Whenever I'm researching, so the role of a curriculum manager is, you know, we're pulling together the ideas of um, educators, administrators, thought leaders, and especially students, people who are actually living the CP at the moment. I want to learn at the feet of brilliance. And so schools who can empower students to shine are just my heroes, and you know, I like to give case studies of that. One of my um, best school visits, and I think the school will know who I'm name checking. Mm-hmm. I met two young ladies who are part of a construction pathway, and through the space of the CP, they were actually able to design and make. Um, houses that solved a local housing issue um, in the area and then they went on to buy themselves in their second year not that they needed to but to challenge the local council to build um, gyms for under-resourced areas and that's just amazing why wait Mm. to graduate before you change the world cp students don't
0: (laughs) yeah no they, they take action they have agency as you said before
1: Absolutely. Are there
0: any other, is there anything else, uh, Chantel, that you'd like to share? I think when when I'm listening to you talk, we may want to have you back to have a conversation about a future case study or example that you come across. And if you wanted to, we could even have some students on if you ever, if you end up coming across a a school or a group of students that you'd like to actually have on the air, I'd love to hear their voices. We have not, we've only had a couple of podcasts so far with student voices. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think uh, that would add quite a bit to the to the story.
1: And I definitely can do a reach out as well on your behalf for CP Schools uh, to add their story because honestly, John, it is beyond inspiring. It's what, you know, I was a classroom educator for 20 years, had no desire, I was a head of sex form, had no desire to leave the classroom at all. Um, but once you get the cp bug you're like actually this is what the world needs
0: <laughs> yeah and that's what i've heard from more and more people as i i go to the global conference in in the in the americas each year and as from the beginning from the last probably 8 9 years i've gone always to some cp sessions and as it became you know as it matured into what it is today uh, folks continue to say what you're saying which is that it is if not, it might be the nugget, that <laughs> the undiscovered. It is undiscovered at this point with the, what are there, a couple hundred programs now across the world? 251. 250. Wow. wow that <laughs> yeah, grown it's quickly.
1: actually the yeah. fastest growing IB program.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and we're seeing that in Minnesota. Like I said, we went from two to seven in the last three years. And that's obviously percentage wise is a lot, but it's not very many total programs. So we uh, we hope to see it grow to triple, quadruple that at least. Yeah. So uh, anything else you want to share, Chantel, before
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. The only other thing is I listened to that podcast with my colleagues, Jonathan and Phil, mm-hmm. um, and they use the analogy of that they're the people who sow the seeds. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing I was going to say is that, you know, that tree analogy can be continued on, I think, across the IB because I sort of see ourselves as the people who are cultivating the soil. Um, absolutely like i think i think that's a really good analogy to speak of you know i'm not in control of all the soil um (laughs) and in fact even in my curriculum role i'm involved in the professional development so the fertilization of the soil um but but i think it's a really apt analogy that they use to think about our roles and what we contribute to the to the ib world i thought that was nice
0: Yeah, well, we really appreciate your work and your your words are and your experiences. um, Just demonstrate one more time that this is a grassroots organization with practitioners doing the the key work. It's not a, a top-down organization. It's not a group of folks in an ivory tower saying, here's the best way to teach. It's people that have been teachers and are currently teachers and currently educators that are helping develop these programs. And you're constantly listening to the practitioners to find out you know what needs to change and to use the experiences of students to essentially develop the program into its next phases.
1: Absolutely. And the privilege is being able to do that on a global scale. And, you know, I think all educators have wanted that once in their life is why can't we just take the best of this and the best of that and combine it together and create this ultimate hybrid um, meta curriculum? So, you know, this is as close as you can get to it, I think.
0: I appreciate that. The people that have listened to her have heard to me before have heard me say a funnel for best practice, but it continues to be that. And this is just another example of how that happens. Well, thank you so much Chantelle for your time and I appreciate your being here with us and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again.
1: I hope so and thank you.
0: You can learn much more about the Career Related Program and the IB Pre-K to 12 Continuum of Education using links in our podcast notes as well as on the IB website at ibo.org. Please find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe so you don't miss any future programs. Follow us on Twitter at MattersIB. Also, help us spread the word about IB by liking and sharing the IB Matters links in your own feeds and social networks. In very little time, we have already been heard in over 70 countries, a testament to the global reach of the IB.